Under the Golden Dome is supported by the Iowa Bankers Association and by Cultivating Compassion, the Dr. Richard Deming Foundation, fostering causes that enrich the community, generate understanding, and cultivate compassion, including above and beyond cancer. This is Under the Golden Dome, a weekly legislative podcast from Iowa Public Radio News. I'm John Pimble. Some bills begin their journey through the legislative process early. There's no rush on this per se. I mean, we're going to get it done this year. Back in January, during the second week of the session, Republican Representative Robert Bacon chairs a subcommittee about autonomous delivery vehicles. A lobbyist for Amazon, which supports it, is Christopher Rance. It goes about two and a half to three miles an hour, which is basically pedestrian speed. These are basically delivery robots on wheels. Rance talks about putting them in residential neighborhoods. Those growing suburban areas, it allows us to keep trucks off the road. It advances to a full committee a week later with Representative Bacon. This bill will uh, um, allow for these personal delivery devices to roll down the sidewalk, come up in front of your house and stop, somehow notify the occupant of the house that their package is there. They come out and pick up their package. After passing out of the committee, it comes up in the full house two weeks later. This amendment clarifies the requirements for transporting hazardous material in one of these PDDs, and it also increases the liability insurance to a minimum of $500,000. The House discussion for personal delivery devices lasts less than five minutes. Those voting aye, 90. Those voting no, one. This bill goes from subcommittee to committee to House passage within the first four weeks of the session. A month goes by, and the Senate begins to take action on it in a Commerce subcommittee chaired by Republican Senator Wayland Brown. We had a similar bill over here earlier that was in transportation, and this bill knocked it out of order just because we didn't have ours out of committee yet. I see we have a lot of the same people that are probably going to want to speak on it. Like Christopher Rance, who is lobbying for Amazon. Um, If you can visualize something about the size of one of those large igloo coolers running around on six wheels. Amazon's personal delivery device is called the Scout. A package will only arrive to a customer using a Scout if they choose it. When the Scout arrives, the person comes out of their home to where the Scout is, and its top opens where the package is. The bill allows for delivery devices like this to navigate through neighborhoods automatically. It also must be able to be operated remotely by a person. Uh, Say it encounters an unknown circumstance. Uh, The sidewalk is painted completely black or something like that, so it appears to be a giant hole but it doesn't actually sense a hole. What does the device do? So a human being can take over and operate the device to say we're going across it. Or let's say that somebody's kids hop out in the sidewalk and tip the device over. I can't imagine that will ever happen, but let's say they tip the device over. A human being has to know that so then we can send someone out and write the device. Um, Obviously, the device has to be able to stop when it senses a human being or a bicycle or a stroller or a wheelchair or anything coming at it. We have to yield right of way. We have to get out of the way. A car is backing out of the driveway. The device has to be able to stop. Thank you very much, uh, Senators. Uh, Jeff Boink, I represent Federal Express. Um, I'm not going to repeat much of what Christopher said. He did an excellent job of describing kind of what we're doing as an industry as a whole 
Jeff Boink says the FedEx version of the personal delivery device is called the Roxo. It's about five feet tall and can go up a few stairs. This allows the Roxo to deliver on some porches. The bill only allows for the primary operation to be on pedestrian surfaces like sidewalks. In a back and forth with Senator Waylon Brown, Boink says he wants this part of the bill changed. Just for speed and efficiency of delivery, we would like to use bike lanes and roadsides as much as possible. So, so if you were operating in a bike lane and there was a bike robot incident, you would assume the liability for that then? Yes. Right? Yep. Okay. Um, I mean, Senator, I'm a biker, so 20 miles an hour, that's pretty moving for a biker, you know, on a, particularly on a steady basis. So we feel we can, we can get with the flow of that traffic pretty easily. Another part of the bill allows for a city to prohibit these devices if it doesn't want them. Boink also wants this part of the bill modified. That is always the bugaboo when you have emergency, emerging technologies is how do you deal with local control? What the bill does is it gives the local community the ability to exempt itself wholly, the entire community in one whole, you know, just completely. We think that's overly broad. Uh, we, we think local governments should have some control over prohibiting the use of the these bots in specific areas, maybe on specific roadways or specific pedestrian areas, but they should have to discern a little more carefully, yes and no, where it can operate and where it cannot operate, as opposed to just saying, no, never, you can't do it here. This bill passes out of this subcommittee to the full Commerce Committee with an amendment from Senator Brown. That addresses what the FedEx lobbyist wanted. It allows the device to be operated on the farthest right portion of a roadway. It reduces the speed from 12 miles an hour to 6 miles per hour when in a pedestrian area or sidewalk. And it allows local government to prohibit operation of devices where they would be a safety hazard in the best interest of public safety. This amendment reduces the maximum speed to 20 miles per hour on the roadway and now requires an additional $50 fee for each delivery device to be paid to the Department of Transportation. The fees are going to the road use tax fund, correct? Correct. Democratic Senator Janet Peterson asks Senator Brown about this fee. What was the decision-making behind that? Because um, most of the sidewalks are covered by local homeowners, right? So, originally when we started talking about this, we weren't talking a fee, but then we had multiple companies wanting to come in who wanted access to the road instead of the sidewalk. So, some of these companies are going to be primarily on the road side of the roadway. So, with moving commerce, we felt that there should be a registration for the use of the roadway. So, nothing, nothing's going to go toward... Um people who have to pay for their sidewalk, correct? To the way, uh, the way it's currently written, the fee, go, the fee goes to the road use tax fund. All right. I guess I, I have some questions about, about why we wouldn't have money going in to help people who, you know, have wear and tear on their sidewalk. I guess, and then um, sidewalks are not very wide in a lot of areas. So how, how does the right-of-way, like... So say, say you have an older person with a walker walking down the sidewalk and boom comes this Amazon little delivery thing on wheels. Who has to get off of the sidewalk? So 
as it's been explained to me by both Amazon and FedEx, their devices have the ability to yield to the pedestrians. So the pedestrian then has to go onto no, the grass? No, the device has the ability to yield to the pedestrian. So the device will be yielding to the pedestrians. So does that mean then the device then would go in someone's lawn? Well, it wouldn't necessarily be in the, in the lawn. There could be a berm or, um, or uh, on the city side of the sidewalk as well that it could divert into. A few moments later, Senator Brown delivers closing remarks for the amended bill. Anytime we bring new technology into the state, obviously there's going to be a lot of questions uh, that we ask and look at this through a lot of different lenses. So uh, if we need to continue conversations and make sure we're addressing some more concerns, by, by all means, I'm more than willing to continue to have conversations on this. Um, for, um, but for now, I, I simply move the bill. This bill passes out of the Commerce Committee with two Democrats opposing, Senator Janet Peterson and Herman Kornbach. It is now eligible for debate in the Senate. If it passes, it will have to go back to the House because of the Senate's amendments. This is the Legislative Podcast under the Golden Dome. I'm John Pemple. Under the Golden Dome is a production of Iowa Public Radio, a statewide network powered by its listeners. Become a member today to support the reporting you hear on this podcast at iowapublicradio.org slash donate. Under the Golden Dome is supported by Cultivating Compassion, the Dr. Richard Deming Foundation, and by the Iowa Bankers Association. Small businesses are the backbone of Iowa communities, and they're backed by Iowa banks. See how banks are helping small businesses see a stronger tomorrow at iowabankers.com. In the House of Representatives, Republican Representative Jared Klein floor manages a bill that adds penalties to trespassers who take something away. House File 775 creates the crime of unauthorized sampling. Sampling, as defined in the bill, relates to the taking of bodily fluids from an agricultural animal. It also includes a penalty for taking soil, air, or water used for production of agricultural crops. This bill also places a fine on trespassers who take a picture. This is how we go after folks who are intentionally trying to um, erode somebody's personal or private property rights by placing cameras without permission to record images uh, without that person's knowledge on their own personal property. Democratic Representative Ross Wilburn asks Representative Klein to elaborate about capturing an image on private property. When you say private property, um, does this include uh, private property that might be a, um, a business, a mall, a warehouse? This will be private property, yes, as we define it. So your, your home, your garage, those sort of places, that's what we're talking about. The subject of potential OSHA violations comes into the conversation. OSHA, or the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, is part of the federal government. It was created to assure safe and healthy working conditions for workers. Representative Wilburn continues to ask client questions about photography. If this bill would apply to a person capturing what appears to be an OSHA violation, even if they do so while trespassing. Is someone, in your opinion, would someone who might be... Um on private property after having um, um, violated the uh, or committed the offense, the, the first offense, their first hurdle of trespassing, uh, would they potentially be at risk for violating this if they were there observing for a potential OSHA violation and used a camera? 
if they are trespassing as defined in code, right. then they would be already breaking that law, which would then kick this into effect if they're also recording that with, and I believe it's and then intending to use that for reproduct to be reproduced and put on social media and so forth. Okay, and um, and I've not seen all of the trespassing uh, statute. Um, uh, my question there is um, a, a verbal, a sign. Uh, what about a, a sign that says, uh, in, in, um, say, in a meat packing plant where there's a sign, maybe there's visiting visitors coming through, but there's a sign that says, uh, you know, uh, only employees beyond this point. Is that a, is that a, would that be a potential no trespassing if I, if I went past through there? Well, that's going to come down to probably whether a county attorney is going to prosecute, whether those charges are going to be brought forward. Uh, but when we talk about OSHA, we talk about law enforcement or people that are charged with oversight. Those, are, those folks and individuals are not trespassing. They are there as part of their duty, and that's not considered trespassing. So I think that that is not where, that's not where this bill goes. This is trying to address somebody that has ill intentions. It's just trying to get access to somewhere where they're not been asked to be. They don't have a reason to be there. And then trying to t get a video, trying to get a picture that they can then reproduce and use in a negative or, or hurtful way that never had permission to be there. They were already trespassing. That's why I like the way the amendment ties that together is because if you're not, if you don't have a right to be there because you're not government, you don't have an already predetermined uh, code section that says you have the right to be there, then that is that individual, that group's private property and should know at the very least if you're doing something and that's where you need to be knowingly and that intention language is there. Okay, but that only, uh, but as you said, that only covers officials who, uh, officials essentially, and if you're a concerned citizen and, again, you violate the trespass, then you've, you've, um, you've violated these additional, uh, this additional crime, correct? If you are a citizen acting on your own and doing something without consulting with the, the, offic the officials that would be charged with making sure workplace safety or making sure there isn't neglect happening and you're doing that on your own, yeah, that's going to be trespass and that's what, what we're saying is a crime here because we already have mechanisms for citizens to report those concerns, for oversight to be there from the government to make sure that the laws are being upheld and the standards are there. We already have all those mechanisms. We don't, we don't need individuals out there doing this on their own. The penalties for taking a photograph or video under these circumstances is an aggravated misdemeanor for the first offense and a Class D felony for subsequent offenses. Aggravated misdemeanor carries a fine of up to $855 and up to two years in jail. Class D felony is a fine up to $10,245 and five years in jail. Five years for taking a picture. If you uh, got that second a class time. D, yeah, class D would be, uh, be five years and... Uh, there is a cost to the state for that, which is, I think, what you're looking at on the fiscal note. But yeah, Class D felony is a serious offense. Representative Wilburn says he doesn't support trespassing, but this bill gives him concerns about the ability for a citizen to report something they discover that they feel is wrong. If they see something um, going on, if they're willing to uh, take a risk violating that trespass to catch uh, an act that might be an OSHA violation or some type of environmental hazard, uh, just a concern about um, um, a chilling effect on potential whistleblower in those situations, for example, in OSHA, 
violation. Um, and if uh, if they uh, catch an image or, or or something to that effect a, a second time, that uh, I guess a, purport, a proportional response on a new crime with five years for taking a picture. So I'll be a no on this. The bill passes from the House 72 to 24, with some Democrats joining Republicans. This bill, as passed in the House, moves to a Senate subcommittee. This is just another attempt to pass unconstitutional ag-gag legislation. Emma Schmidt is the Iowa organizer for Food and Water Watch, a national nonprofit group that opposes concentrated animal feeding operations, or CAFOs. Members of the Iowa House chose to slyly introduce legislation that will do nothing but waste our taxpayer dollars as the courts yet again strike the law down. Schmidt is comparing this bill to bills passed in the last decade that were either ruled unconstitutional or halted by a judge. Activists call these ag-gag laws. One of these laws from 2012 made it a crime to enter an agriculture facility illegally to document potential abuses in livestock facilities by journalists or animal rights activists. I think this bill, at the heart of it, really is a protection of private property rights, um, you know, not just for farms, but really for all Iowans. Drew Mogler from the Iowa Pork Producers Association supports this bill. Really gets after folks who are planting or placing mechanical eavesdropping devices, so not necessarily someone who would just take a picture. Uh, It would be for folks who are planting eavesdropping uh, devices on private property. So uh, we really feel that This protects the private property interests of our producers and ensures that we continue to provide safe, affordable food for folks here in Iowa and our communities and across the country and around the world. Pete Hurd from the Iowa Federation of Labor opposes this bill's photography section and how that may affect an employee that enters an area they aren't supposed to be in. You know, what about an employee who may be in an unauthorized area? Would that be considered trespassing? Um, so there's a couple concerns around that. Um, we do understand, you know, which, what, what this, where this bill is coming from, but, you know, we already have penalties to address trespassing. Ava Owen Ryan from Iowa Citizens for Community Improvement echoes this concern. This bill can can intimidate and um, hurt whistleblowers from potentially exposing like workplace violations. And it's really creating unnecessary uh, protections for an industry that no other industry has, right? Um, we're really prioritizing these agri- And if trespassing is already illegal, I don't know why we're adding unnecessary protections uh, for this industry. Uh, that's not something that we do for anybody else. J.D. Davis from the Iowa Association of Business and Industry specifically supports the section about cameras and electronic surveillance devices. This is not a bill that uh, creates a new crime out of whole cloth. Uh, You must first uh, be in violation of trespassing laws uh, before this bill would apply. Uh, And on behalf of our manufacturing members uh, that do like to maintain the the property rights of their manufacturing facilities, uh, we are in support of the legislation. The bill's first section is aimed at the removal of plant or animal agricultural products. Republican Senator Tom Shipley references the bill's first section as he delivers the closing remarks during this subcommittee. Where a person enters a property without consent of the owner and collects samples of a variety of things. I don't think think there's any place for that in anybody's business, whether whether you're raising livestock or whether you're 
building cars, whatever. Um, that is just to me fundamentally wrong and uh, it poses a lot of biosecurity issues um, in the, in the anytime you're dealing with biological organisms. So uh, I'm going to be uh, signing off on this too and we'll move it forward. It passes out of this subcommittee and soon after also passes out of a full committee. It is now eligible to be debated in the full Senate. It does have an amendment, but it's a technical one that corrects a writing error. A double negative was inadvertently placed in the language. That means if the Senate passes this, it will have to go back to the House to be considered again. Another legislative deadline has passed, the second funnel. This is where bills have to have passed out of one chamber as well as out of a full committee in the other chamber. This applies to policy bills like those in the judiciary or the education committees. A new bill can still come from a committee like appropriations, but it has to have a financial note like a fee for a service, a budget, or a deal with taxes. This makes it less likely, although not impossible, for a new policy bill to begin working its way through the process during what is likely the final month of the 2021 session. With the final bills starting to roll through the Capitol, State House reporter Katerina Sestarik is busy writing many stories. You can read them on our website, iowapublicradio.org. Today's script was edited by Iowa Public Radio News Director Michael Leland. Digital team support from Caitlin Troutman and Matt Siren. The biggest support comes from contributing members to Iowa Public Radio, who keep this station funded so we can produce podcasts like this. You can also help this podcast by rating it and subscribing to it wherever you download podcasts. I'm John Pimble. Under the Golden Dome is a production of Iowa Public Radio.